I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. With the new school year ramping up at American colleges and universities, what policies should professors adopt on the use of computers in their classrooms? In theory, Internet-enabled laptops and tablets could enhance learning by allowing students to take more detailed notes and look up facts and concepts in real time. In practice, however, any benefits could be outweighed by distractions from social media, news alerts, and more. Do the costs of allowing computers in the classroom outweigh the benefits? Should professors ban them altogether? I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Susan Payne Carter, Assistant Professor of Economics at the United States Military Academy, more commonly known as West Point. Her article, Should Professors Ban Laptops, which she co-authored with Kyle Greenberg and Michael Walker, will appear in the fall 2017 issue of the journal and is available now at educationnext.org. Susan, welcome to the EdNext podcast. Thank you. Now, we should note that Although you're on the faculty at West Point, the views you express today and those in the article, they're yours. They're not necessarily those of the school. Is that right? Correct. They don't reflect um, West Point, the DOD, or the Army. Well, but if they're they're not the military's views, I really think they should be, since (laughs) in my view, the experiment you conducted provides the best evidence we have to date on how in-class computer use affects student learning. We can get to the details in a minute, but Why don't you start out by telling listeners how you got interested in this topic in the first place? Right. Well, I remember in college um, the first class where I was allowed to bring a computer. And while I used the computer, I paid attention to a class. I was also checking my email and, um, you know, messaging with friends. And so I personally saw the distractions of computers in class. And so then when it came to being an actual instructor in class, it often bothered me when my students would be um, on their computers. And so sometimes I wouldn't allow computers in class. And then actually Kyle Greenberg, who's one of the co-authors on the um, paper, he suggested, well, why don't we look at the effect of allowing computers and allowing tablets in the classroom? Um, And so that's how it came about. We just, I think we, we all kind of see the potential negative effects or, or positive effects of using computers in the class, and so we wanted to study that. And there are literally thousands of faculty around the United States and high school teachers as well who are making this decision, and we just, we've had a lot of speculation, but not much hard evidence to go on. Exactly. And so this, uh, this allows us to really get, a, get an answer. And, you know, technology is continually evolving, so um, this study might not um, find the same results in 20 years. Um, but, but for now, it seems that um, computers and traditional classes are having negative effects. So let's turn to why, or let's convince listeners why <laughs> you think that's the case. Let's turn to the experiment itself. You note that West Point provided something of an ideal setting in which to conduct a study on this question. Why? Right. So we um, we looked particularly at principles of economics, and so all all cadets are required to take um, this particular course, typically their sophomore year. And so we have 500 students, approximately a semester, um, taking principles, and yet. West Point caps 
the number of students in a class at 18. So that means we have um, dozens of classes and many instructors teaching the course, and the course is common across all instructors and across all classes. So the syllabus is the same, the exams are the same. So what we could do is we could um, put treatments, we could allow computers in some classes and not allow them in others, and really identify the, um, the effects of allowing the computers or tablets. So if class. you were to try and look at this question at Harvard, where you have hundreds of students in introductory economics, uh, you'd have to, I guess, do the experiment over many years, but because of these small class sections that West Point has, you're really able to generate evidence much more quickly. Exactly, and the, and the commonality of the exams. At many other schools, exams will be different based on the instructor, but our exams are all the same, so, um, at least for this particular course. So what were the specific conditions into which students and their instructors were assigned? Mm -hmm. So we had a control group where students weren't allowed to have tablets or computers, and across all groups, no one was allowed to use their cell phone. Um, and then we had one treatment group where students could use whatever technology they wanted in terms of either a tablet or a laptop, and their tablet could be sitting up on their desk or flat down on their desk, or they could be using a computer, um, just typically. And then in the third or the second treatment group, our third group, we allowed students to use tablets, but the tablet needed to be flat on the desk. So the idea was that this would more mimic students using a tablet to take notes. So, and there might be less temptation to check social media, check your email, if a professor could potentially see what you're doing on your tablet as it's faced out, I mean, as it's flat on your desk. Um, so those were our three treatment groups. And these conditions were in place for an entire semester, and then the outcome you're looking at uh, to see whether this had positive or negative effects, tell us about that. Right. So we were looking particularly at the final exam, and we were looking at the multiple choice questions and the short answer questions that were automatically graded by the um, by the computer. It was all taken on the computer. There were some um, short answer questions which were graded on the, by the instructor, but we didn't use those. We wanted to look at the objective portion of the exam and see whether students on that final, after that, having a whole semester of being in one of these groups, um, performed differently. And we've already hinted at what you <laughs> found, but maybe you could lay it out for us. What exactly did the results show? Right. So we found that if you, you were in a class that either allowed computers or allowed tablets, that um, your, the, your grade on this particular part of the test was uh, about 0.18 standard deviations lower um, if you had technology. So we found, in essence, we found that students were doing worse on these objective questions when they could either use their computer or use their tablet. So it was interesting. It didn't matter if they were in this condition that was meant to uh, allow or uh, the monitoring of tablet use by the professor or students to think that they could be monitored. Regardless of whether that was the case or not, you found the students doing worse. Right. We were, we were surprised by that. We almost expected the tablet to have a different effect. But um, overall, we're seeing, at least... Um, with their use of the tablet, though, it was um, lower performance. So about 20% of a standard deviation, you said, help us think through how large of an effect that is. Right. So um, that results, it's about a two percentage point effect on your, if you're looking in terms of percentage points. Um, and so we're, 
we're not saying that students are going to fail a course if they are in a class that allows computers or allows tablets, um, but we're showing that their comprehension is lower. And so a number of studies look at interventions on in, um, in the classroom, and this is about comparable with um, other other sort of interventions that go on in classes. Yeah, one common benchmark that people often point to in K-12 education is the effects of class size reduction as estimated by Project STAR, the famous experiment conducted in Tennessee, which yielded virtually identical results uh, in terms of the size um, of reducing class size by about seven students. So that's one point of comparison. And mm -hmm. uh, studies of teacher effects in K-12 often show you know, that having a particularly effective teacher as opposed to an average teacher would have an effect of roughly that same size. And we tend to think of those effects as being quite substantial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, um, people have different opinions on how, how large this effect is, but ultimately we are um, finding a negative effect um, on their performance. So experiments like the one you all conducted are obviously great at revealing the overall effects of a potential policy change, in this case, a decision to ban laptops or tablets. They're less useful, though, in identifying exactly what is responsible for those effects. What do you, what do you think could explain why allowing computers led to less learning in this study? Right. So... Um you're absolutely correct that we can't identify the exact mechanism, but we have um, some ideas. First of all, as you've talked about, there's social media, there's email, there's distractions on the computer. And um, studies have shown that when computers are allowed in the classroom, people are multitasking. They're not just taking notes on their computer. So there's that that negative, you know, that potential distraction effect. But there's also a study by Mueller and Oppenheimer, and they find that, excuse me, they find that there are um, negative effects from typing your notes because instead of thinking through your notes, you're just kind of regurgitating. So in other words, people type differently when they're taking notes versus handwritten notes. And the handwritten notes actually allow people to retain information. So it's almost as if when they're able to type, they transcribe what the instructor is saying rather than trying to synthesize it so they can capture it in a uh, shorthand format. Is that exactly. right? Exactly. So um, now you might think with the tablet, if, if all our results were just driven by that, you might think that people um, using the tablet could take better notes. But we're not, you know, the tablets are still evolving, and so it's not quite clear that taking notes with a tablet is at the same level um, as taking notes by hand as well. Now, one of the issues that I've run into as an instructor is concerns about laptop use, not from the students who use them, but from other students in the classroom who find themselves being distracted by the constant flow of, uh, you know, images on their neighbor's screen. Are you able in your experiment to sort of distinguish the direct effects on me as a student of having access to a laptop versus my neighbor being able to use one? No. Um, we, w we would love to look at that as well because it's true when you're, you might check out what, what's on someone else's Facebook page as well. But, um, no, we're, in this experiment, we're really just looking at the policy of allowing computers or allowing tablets. So it could be that your neighbor is allowing them and you're just in that class and negatively affected. Um, and so we, we are not able to make that distinction. And one of the other questions that came to mind as I was uh, reading the study was whether you think the results would have been different if you had allowed laptops but required students to disable their wireless capabilities, perhaps sort of reducing the distraction mechanism. That's something that 
I've tried to adopt as a policy here at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. It's difficult to enforce, it turns out. Uh, but, um, you know, that has been my compromise solution until reading your study. Uh, right. So I think um, that would be the, the nice next study to look at because um, I do think there's distractions, I, as in I've personally been distracted. And, again, we can't distinguish that if that's what's causing people to do worse. But um, I, I would think that taking out this, that distraction would, would help the students. But that's just speculation on my part. Though if transcription rather than synthesizing and note-taking is the real problem, then I wouldn't expect that to matter much at all. So I guess it, yeah. again, goes back to trying to figure out what exactly is responsible for the effects. Now, one question that listeners may have involves the setting. We talked about how it was ideal from a research design perspective in some ways, but West Point is obviously a pretty unique environment. Um, you argue in the article, though, that if anything, we might expect to see larger negative effects in a more typical college. Why is that the case? Mm -hmm. So we have, uh, as I said, a cap of 18 students, and typically you only have about 15 students or less in your class. And so as an instructor, you know all of your students' names, you're engaging the students, and the students aren't very far from you. So um, you can tell if a student is distracted on their computer. And so if that distraction effect is what's driving this, then that would be dampened by the fact that the instructors and the students are um, in such close proximity. Now, if you're in a class where um, there's 200 people and it's a lecture-style class and everyone's on their computers, the instructor has less ability to monitor or to at least engage um, a single student who might be distracted. And so we believe that the, the small class sizes and the engagement between the instructor and the students that goes on in these classes um, actually um, make these results um, kind of lower bounds that, that you would expect at a, at a, um, in a different setting that you would have more larger effects. And you also note that Students at West Point have particularly strong incentives to do well, right? To avoid distraction, if that's <laughs> right. the case. So, um, their, I mean, if their grades are help determine um, what branch or what job they go into in the Army. And so they are incentivized to do well in all their classes so that when it comes time to choosing their job, they will have a like, higher likelihood of getting their job of choice. Um, so absolutely. So they, students are incentivized to do well in class. Um, not that they're not otherwise, but there's a greater incentive here um, to keep your grades up. So how have the results of your study been received by your colleagues at West Point and in the economics profession? You note that it's not yet formally the military's uh, accepted view that we should ban laptops, but I'm wondering how colleagues and other faculty you hear from have interpreted your results. Well, um, a lot of people are very excited about the results because now they have justification for not allowing computers. So people either were on the fence or didn't allow computers and students complained um, at here and at other schools as well. And so now people have kind of justification to show their students, like, look, um, it has been shown that students will do worse. Um, now, we do have some backlash from people who say that technology in the classroom um, improves performance, and that gets to the point where we're not looking at 
actual engagement with, there's lots of computer programs that are used to engage classes and um, keep the students involved in the material. So this is, a, we're, we're looking at a setting where computers are optional. And so if you're looking at a different type of setting where computers are actually used in the classroom, then um, you might find different results. So we either get people excited um, because they now have justification for using or not allowing um, technology in the classroom, or people um, sometimes misinterpret our results to be saying that all technology is bad for learning. Um, and so that's, again, not what we're, we're kind of showing in our paper. I think that's a really important clarification, that you're not necessarily speaking to the potential of laptops to be used as a tool to enhance learning, but rather about their effects when they're being allowed but not being uh, exploited in a uh, conscious way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, I have to admit that as someone who is in the process of finalizing my syllabus for the fall semester, uh, that this study has been influential, and I'll put myself in the camp of those who are glad that we're now able to direct students to it uh, to understand the decisions that we're making. So uh, I'll thank you on behalf of that larger group for uh, giving us that ammunition. Well, thank you. We're excited you're um, looking at our paper. Susan Payne Carter is an assistant professor of economics at West Point. Her article, Should Professors Ban Laptops, is available now at educationnext.org. Susan, thanks for taking the time to join me. Thank you, Marty. You've been listening to the EdNext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or another platform so that you don't miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners find us.